Hello, and welcome to today's episode. I am so excited to introduce to you our guest for today. Her name is Claire. She is a homeschool mom of eight children, and she homeschooled for 31 years. I'm sure she is going to have a lot to share with us, so I'm so excited to get this interview started. Friends, do you want to homeschool but don't even know where to start? Are you overwhelmed or frustrated with the current school system, or are you feeling like your child is always struggling? Are you ready to say goodbye to those tedious daily morning and evening routines and start something completely different? Is your child exhausted from being at school all day and homework at night, and are you feeling stressed or burnt out from an overly hectic schedule? Well, friends, I'm here to tell you, there is a better way, and it is homeschooling. Enjoy quiet and peaceful mornings. Show your child that learning is fun and help them develop their true passions and gifts. Hi, friends. Welcome to Hooked on Homeschool. I am Dawn Janowitz, homeschool mom, wife, podcaster, and course creator. I want to give you the clarity, the confidence, the freedom, and all the strategies to teach you that it is possible to create an amazing homeschool experience that works for both you and your kids. So come on, ladies, let's go from hot mess express to fierce and fun, and let's get hooked on homeschool. Hi, Claire. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're so welcome. So did I say that correctly? You are a homeschool mom of eight, and you've been homeschooling for 31 years. I did homeschool for 31 years. So I've been retired four years now, I think. Yeah. All right. So obviously, since it was so long ago, the reasons you homeschooled back then are probably different than some reasons now. So just give us a little insight as to what prompted you to homeschool, how many kids did you have when you homeschooled, and what it looked like back then. Oh, this is back in the mid-80s, and my husband was working nights at the time, and he was not seeing the kids. And we really wanted a better family life. And plus he worked weekends and that schedule. So I heard a radio program back before podcasts and it was Dr. Raymond Moore and his wife, Dorothy, and they were talking about homeschooling. And it was like, what What are they, what is this thing they're talking about? And it was a light bulb that went off for me because I thought "I, I can do that. And the kids can see their dad when he's up and awake. And, you know, I just knew it would be better. And we had just three children at the time. So when I approached my husband, I said, you know, I really want to do this. This is, I, I can do this, even though I didn't have a college degree, but I knew I could do it. And he said, well, slow down a little bit, honey. You need to give this a lot more study and thought. So I, we did, and we kind of prayed through it and studied and did research and read books. And there weren't that many books out there. Um, Homeschooling was still a very new thing, industry, I guess you'd say. So long story short, that was like fall. And then by summer, we knew we were going to start the one going into fifth grade and one going into kindergarten the, the next year. So, and that's what we did. That's amazing. So when you were approaching doing that, what was your mindset when you said you knew we could do it, or I knew I could do it? 
were you thinking of, oh my goodness, am I going to mess them up as adults? Or you were just taking one day at a time, one grade at a time, one year at a time and being like, we're just going to learn math, learn writing. How did you approach that? That's exactly what we did was we taking one day, one month, one year. We were approached by a number of family members that told us we were going to screw our kids up. It was going to be the worst thing because it was still pretty weird. You know, we we knew very few people and we just said, you know what, we're taking it one year at a time. So we're going to do it for the first year and see how it goes. We can always put them back in school. Yep. And so when people say you can always put them back in school, what about when they said, well, what if they fall behind? What if they're not able to catch up? Or you just didn't even think of that. You just prayed. You just were going to do one year at a time and just go for it. Yes. Yes. And and that's exactly what we did. And um, we found that I, well, we just loved it. We loved the time we had with the kids, getting to know them better. And the time saving it was for me, not having to get them on a bus or just all those things that go with having to send your kids to school. It starts early, like getting them dressed, getting them ready. They don't want to get up. They don't want to get ready. It's the whole hustle and bustle of the morning is not enjoyable. If you have a child out there that you enjoy that hustle and bustle in the morning, please let us know because it, it's, it is, I haven't met somebody who loves that. And then in the afternoon, it's like an exhaustive hustle and bustle. So yeah, it just felt like your day was always going so fast and it wasn't enjoyable. And I think a lot of homeschool moms really just want to slow it down and enjoy the process. So if you were to ask your kids now, like overall in general, what would they say is their impression of being homeschooled when someone asks them? You know, most of them, I think, would have said they were thankful for it. There was a time period when my youngest two needed some extra educational pieces and he had some learning challenges and it was so overwhelming for me that I actually put the next two in high school. So their junior and senior year, they actually went into high school. They dual, what they did is a dual enrollment program. So they were only there like part of the day and they were getting their college courses at the same time. And I thought, you know, these two guys are going to make a bunch of new friends and it didn't happen. They really didn't like the experience and their old homeschooling friends that when we were in a co-op, we're still their best friends. So we had a little bit of an experiment because of a season in my life that I just needed more time with the youngest and the others. You know, I felt like their character was pretty stable and could handle a high school situation and um, except they just didn't love it. But yeah. And that's the thing, like we're sending kids off to school and to high school that, that don't love it, but they're stuck there. And the parent just doesn't know if they can do it. So when your kids all got to high school, obviously the question is, well, what are you going to do when you get to college? There's so many resources now. I don't think it's a problem, but what was it? Well, you just went through it four years ago. So tell us what that process was like going, you know, high school, you know what I'm trying to say, high school, and then then getting them prepared for college if they want to go to college, because not everybody does. It's okay to go to trade school or you have a musician. You have a very, a very talented, can I say famous? I love Sean. He's great. Famous musician that you raised. And so everyone's going off to do their passion, right? Recently, more recently, we dual enrolled 
our kids, almost all of them dual enrolled in their junior and senior year. And here in the state of Florida, that's a pretty easy process. So they started on those college credits early. So all of them were able to get their AA pretty close to this time of senior graduation. And so that was kind of a boost integrating into that place. Now, not not all of them wanted to continue to go to college. You know, they took a break. They, some went back later. You know, it was just a different story for each one of them. But it's a pretty easy process now. I mean, I, I totally recommend it for anybody who's in high school, if you live here in Florida. So let me ask you, so when you're when you're homeschooled, they're able to do dual enrollment classes. So so anybody listening that's not familiar with that, tell us about what that process is. Are they doing the schoolwork at home or is it a co-op? It's a little bit of both. A neighbor of mine who had her daughter in the high, local high school, she actually just started dual enrolling her at 16. So she was taking some college level courses at the high school, as well as going to the campus nearby, college campus nearby. So even in through the public school, you can do it, but also as a homeschooler, you have the right to be able to dual enroll your child. You just have to contact your local college, whichever one you choose to go to, and then start start the process and do it the year before your child goes in. Don't wait till the summer of it. It might be too late. Yeah. And that's what I always tell parents, like start actually... I always say start in ninth grade, like just kind of look at the process, just kind of see what that process is. But there is a process to get into college without having to go to public school. And obviously we have learned the last three years with the pandemic and and being at home that it's now like not even an issue. Your kids can definitely get into college. They can go in, they can go to a four-year, a four-year college. And so that's not an issue. So anybody looking to homeschool, any high schoolers, you just have to do a little bit of research, go online, visit the college, talk to admissions. And, and actually there's typically homeschool tabs on their websites. If you were homeschooled, because, uh, a lot of homeschoolers have learned how to work independently, which is kind of what college is. So, so that's kind of cool. Okay. So you had mentioned that your kids were also, you were also in a co-op. Explain to listeners like what co-op you did and what is a co-op if someone is unfamiliar with that. So the last 11 years of our homeschooling, we decided to join a co-op. And what I loved about, and it's no longer in place right before COVID, they kind of broke up, but there's a lot of good ones out here in the central Florida area. But what it was is it was a community of families. And I think there might've been 20 families at one time and it would, it would fluctuate year to year that met together. We met on Mondays and we rented space from the local church. And so we had classrooms and we had four core courses that we covered. It was math, English, science, and history. And every parent was in charge of teaching a class and helping a class. So I had two periods every Monday that I had to, I taught third and fourth grade English. It was my favorite. I stayed with that. That's kind of, well, the first year they stuck me in the nursery, which I wasn't really fond of because I had enough of that. So I was ready to move out of there. And so when I got the third and fourth grade English class, that was really kind of my niche because I love, I love literature and reading and I, 
that's such a sweet age. They haven't quite hit puberty yet. <laughs> yeah. It's a very sweet age. Not what the puberty's not, but you know, there's some different they're not challenges. There's not, they're not know-it-alls right at third and fourth grade, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, and then I helped, I can't remember, I helped in different other classes, but what I loved about the co-op experience, and this, I think most people would say this today, it's the community and the family and the friends that you make along the way. And they still are your best friends. I mean, you know, I may not see those moms anymore. And I was probably one of the older moms. But but yeah, I know we can pick up right where we left off. And my kids, though, the younger, the ones that grew up in that co-op, they are still best friends with those kids. I mean, cl- close friends. And they're, they're all in their 20s. So... But that's, I love that. I love that. So the co-op was a good community experience, excuse me. And I think the helpful thing was, it's the early part of my homeschooling career. I was always trying to create that curriculum, find the right curriculum. And when you have a bunch of different learning styles and you have different seasons of your life and you, you might have to choose something like workbooks one year because you're pregnant. I had two that were 16 months apart and when I was in that season, the two older than them, I put them on a Becca videos because I was, I mean, I just plugged their little video in the kitchen and they're 22 months apart, those two. Oh, wow. But they did the same grade together. They did yeah. first grade together and I just separated some of their school just so they, one didn't feel like he was he was dumb or something and he had to do something lower. I was trying to say, no, you're second grade. She's first grade. I, I really, yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of did the same thing with them. But so we tried different things, but the co-op, that was a really great experience. And you don't have to think about curriculum. You do have to kind of be willing to accept the curriculum they chose, which sometimes that doesn't go over real big with some people, but for the most part, yeah, so co-ops I think are are so great because you develop the friendships, but you do have to go along with the curriculums that they choose, but there's so many different types of co-ops. Now there's like field trip co-ops where all you do is go on field trips like once a week and you bring a writing journal with you and maybe some people will write. There's so many different kinds that now there's even like classical conversations, which is almost like a co-op. You have to do their curriculum, but it's a great curriculum and it's the literature. It's getting them to read and different things like that. So co-ops are really great because they help you create the friendships. Your kids get out and about. Uh, they're they're making friends, they're learning, and it's not every day. Usually co-ops are once a week, so that's nice. So Claire, when you think back, like when you think back of your whole experience of your children's childhood, what memories come to your mind? Like what do you reflect back? What are some happy memories, challenging, like the whole overall picture? What do you think of? Well, I will say they are the best years of my life. Aww. Yeah, absolutely. That's so sweet. Yeah, I don't want to get emotional. Oh, <laughs> you can get emotional. Yeah. We, no, it's... no, but they are. And so Aww. I tell young moms all the time, go slow, you know, enjoy it. I, I wish I was more of a Mary than a Martha. If, if you're familiar with those Bible stories, Mary was always busy keeping on schedule, making sure everything was done timely and in the kitchen and you know mary was that was martha that was martha mary, yeah yeah and then mary would take time and sit at the feet of jesus so i wish i was probably more of that kind of a mom and you know just got on the floor more and played games more and not 
so much into the routine, but I enjoyed every minute of it. Ah, I just did. I loved, I loved reading to them. I loved books and just the playfulness of it. That I would say the challenges were, did you ask me that question? Challenges. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. What do you remember? Oh. What are some of the challenges? Some of the yeah. the memories? Yeah. I would say it was my health. I had really poor health for a long time and uh, chronic fatigue. And so I had to learn how to take care of me. That was a mm-hmm. big thing. If you're going to homeschool, you need energy. If you don't have energy, you're struggling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. It definitely does take energy because kids don't care if you are not feeling good. <laughs> they still want your attention and they still want this and they still want that. No. I think I even meet a lot of homeschool moms that are rigid. We'll say, hey, we're going to go do this field trip. And it's like, oh no, I've got this curriculum. I got to finish this. I've got an English assignment. I've got to do this. I'm not like that. I would have my children play just yesterday. My two youngest, Journey and Jesse, uh, Journey, I wanted to make sure she got some of her reading in and her and Jesse were playing the whole day. And every time I'd go to get Journey, I'd hear her singing the wheels on the bus. Now she's six, almost seven, but she was singing to Jesse. I'm like, oh, that is so cute. I can't break them up. And those moments are so much, they're going to remember those moments more than me saying, Journey, go over there and read for 20 minutes. Yes, yes. Totally agree. I don't know if it's also because I'm an older mom, you know, I'll be 49 this year. So a lot of the moms I'm around are, you know, probably in their mid thirties or low thirties. And so it's a different mindset. So now that I have the young ones and a a 13 year old, I see the beauty in the, in nothing, in the nothingness, in the, just the, the space, the time to just sit and enjoy just instead of rush, 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 and having to get this done, having to get that done. Because I, I I ran into a lady who she said, when I told her that I homeschooled, she goes, oh, my mom homeschooled me for one year. She's in her forties when she was, I think she said fifth grade because they moved and something happened with the move. And she opened up and started telling me how she remembers this and that and all these things. She probably doesn't remember any of the 11 years of school but she remembers that, that she remembered certain times of that homeschool year that she's remembering 30 years later. Yeah. Your kids are not going to remember the tests, not going to remember all these things. They're going to remember those moments that you made cookies and you made a mess and all those little things. Mm-hmm. That's so true. It's so true. A lot of the homeschooling families that were homeschooling with us at the time, their kids have gone on to do some very creative things. A couple make movies out in LA, you know, they just, I mean, you know, my, my son who's the musician and, and the, the rest of my kids, maybe they're not doing creativity like music, but they do good jobs at what they are doing as moms and dads. And I have, I have them all doing. They might not have found that creativity had they been in a school, a public school, yeah. right? It yeah. might've squashed the time that. or had the time to. Yeah. 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 And you That's had mentioned- biggie. That really is, they might not be able to find their passion if they're knee deep in schoolwork. You had also mentioned earlier about different learning styles, the visual, you didn't say the visual, the kinesthetic, but those are the three, the visual, kinesthetic, and auditory. So how did you, obviously all eight did not have the same learning style, right? So explain how you uh, were able to help them. And remember in school, they just have the, the one size fits all. So if your kid is not one size fit all, they're going to struggle. But 
they're struggling because it's just not their learning style, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with them, but they're going to start feeling like there's something wrong with them. Yeah. Right. Exactly. A lot of my kids are auditory. I found that really kind of unusual, but they, they just learned by hearing that Sean was one of them. He could, once he learned the guitar at 13, he could listen to a song, then turn around and play it. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then my daughters were auditory. One was probably a little bit more visual. Yeah, they were. But the thing is, with curriculum, I just tried to let it be all things. You know, we read out loud. I let them read out loud. You know, we we read books. We listened to books. You know, we tried to have some hands-on activities. (laughs) This is funny. One year, I did a curriculum. Oh, Konos? I don't even know if it's around anymore. But it was all these hands-on activities, you crafts you make. You know, if you're doing history, you make, okay, it's Thanksgiving, so you make costumes. Oh, how I fa- fun. I found out, oh, no. I found <laughs> out real quick, that was not for me. Because that, to me, was a time waster. Can we just read about these people that dress this way? I do not want to sew these costumes. <laughs> and then Oh, wow. You had to sew. Family. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, and, or, and that's true, yeah. like... You do meet a lot of homeschool moms that are like just um, super creative. Super yeah. creative. You <laughs> yes. don't have to be that way. Like, right. You, I get what you're saying because, like, if I make cookies or something with the kids, something so simple, it turns into my kitchen is a mess. There's so much going on. So it's literally an afternoon to learn and bake. It's not a whole bunch enjoyable, but I know that it's a connecting thing to do. But yeah, making costumes, like me sitting there making the costume so they can wear it. Yeah, I wouldn't enjoy that. But if it was something like was something together, but some people can get over creative. You don't have to be that mom. You don't have to be that mom that has to be over creative. If you like it, then you do it. But if you don't like it, stay away from it because it'll stress you out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and, And my personality... I really tried every kind of curriculum you can think of that was out there because I, I'd get bored with it after a year. Like, oh, God, I really don't like this and they don't really like it. So I'd switch yeah. it up a little. So we, we did all kinds of curriculums. And it, a lot of it was based on the season of life we were in. If we yep. had new babies or just whatever was going on, I had to kind of pick and choose what was going to work best. So it wasn't always fun and exciting. I'm sure it was mundane at times, just like, you know, everyday life. But yeah, I I wouldn't trade it for the world. Oh, that's so sweet to hear. Yeah, everyone gets hung up on curriculum. But the good news is you're never going to find the perfect one. And as moms, we always want to look to find something better. I think that's fun. At the end of the year, you're like, okay, what's, what's out there that I can do something different, something better. There are so many programs that are coming out that Oh my goodness. You, you want to, you go to the, like the, the uh, convention, the homeschool convention, and there's like 600 vendors and you just want everything. Everything looks so fun and entertaining and all this, but you, you get home and you really have to choose. Okay. I'm going to do this. We're going to do an online program. We're going to do a hands-on program. We're going to do a reading program. My daughter is more of an artist. She loves art and creativity. So I have to keep that in mind that a lot of reading is not going to keep her engaged she loves to create and do stuff like that. Yeah. So any different way that they learn, that's great that they're auditory though, because 
That's easier. Then you could just read to them. I'm not an auditory learner. I'm definitely kinesthetic. And sometimes it's hard because my husband is auditory and we could read the same thing. He could get it, do it, be done. And I'm just like, I have to have someone show me. I have to do it. And then I'm good. So yeah. in school, I'm all, you can- I'm all three. <laughs> So, and and a lot of people are all three and yeah. that's so cool. But like when you're back in school, there's kids who could like read the textbook, take a test, get a hundred. And I had to struggle to do that. And you feel like, okay, is there something wrong with me? But you have to realize there's nothing wrong with me. I just learned differently. And so I, I was a former, oh, I am a nurse, but I, I haven't done it in a long time. But when I went to nursing school, when we would take the test, I would be on like question three and there's like people already turning in their test and it would like stress me out. So I asked the teacher, can I go take the test in the testing center? And she said, sure, that's fine. Cause they had a proctor and everything. And by the end of the year, there was like 10 of us in there because it was so stressful, like having people turning in the test that were like, just trying. Th- they, yeah. they just get things very so quickly, but right. I, I did great. I passed and that's all that matters. But learning style. So learning style for your children are a big thing. I think, um, when they go to school, like a public school in a one size fits all setting, they might feel like they're not getting it or good enough if they're not an auditory learner. And so that could be a big thing. So, so what would your kids say if you were to, you know, line up all eight kids and say, Hey guys, what would you say is a sentence you would say about your homeschool journey? Uh, what do you think that they would say? Would they give you a big hug and just say, mom, we love you. We love how you sacrificed your life for us. No, I know. We always want our kids to say that. They never will. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. I mean, you know, like I have some who have told me and other ones are kind of quiet about it. So maybe they have a different opinion and they don't want to hurt my feelings. I don't know. I still think the jury's still out on some of it, but I know my, my oldest daughter homeschooled for a while. And right now, my one of my sons is thinking about homeschooling his son and he's only two years old. So, oh, you know, so you know that son enjoyed the homeschooling experience. He did. So, you know, they're all at this. I think when they get their own children and they start seeing what parenthood is really about, I think the value of that experience will be probably higher than the in-between. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. Until they see what they're yeah. up against, they realize yeah. what they had was truly amazing. Yeah. A truly yeah. blessed life. And I hope something so. it's almost like something you so. can pass. Of course, you it, your love of learning and the love you have for your kids. I mean, that comes from deep within. And in your 20s, you don't get that. But when you have your family, that is something you are passing on to them. It, it's something that's not tangible, but it's it's something greater than that because it's not tangible. It's not an heirloom. It's a, it's a, it's a feeling and they're going to pass that on to their kids. That's the probably you biggest hope so. compliment. I, I think it, the word you're looking for is like a legacy, but yes. then at the same time, and I think this is important maybe to say, you know, when we were early homeschooling, we thought, okay, if we homeschool and we do our Bible classes and our memorization and we do this and do this and we do it all right. When they grow up, they're just going to live these perfect lives and never screw up and never make mistakes. And that was such a fallacy that if you hold on to those kind of stories, you might get greatly disappointed. And because each of your children are going to have a journey 
and their own story and their perspectives are going to be different than what yours are during that time period. And you want to respect them for that. And But at the same time, don't tie your value and worth into what turned out or didn't turn out. Does that make sense? Wow, saying? that makes, yeah, that makes total sense. I think you said it absolutely perfect that that the homeschool journey that you're on, that they're going to grow up and be these perfect little people that y- that you want that's not going to, well, especially with eight, they're going to, they're, they're going to do their own things, but that's okay. Everyone's on their journey. You've raised happy, healthy, great people in this society, and they're going to go off and, and, and do things you don't like. They're going to do things you do like, whether they went to public school or whether you kept them home, we as parents have high standards and they're not always going to meet that, but it's kids circle back. Yes, you know, and absolutely. It, it can always circle back, and so yeah, and you just do the best you can, and and don't enjoy do it those all by moments. Your, yeah, yeah, and don't and try not to do it all by yourself. You know, get help. Yeah, you know, co- co-ops, advice, other moms, just some kind of community. Yeah, you're never going to know everything. I mean, I'm sure 31 years. Oh, if your son said, "Hey, can you homeschool my grandkids?" I mean, you would be like, "Oh my gosh, I wouldn't even know where to start." You'd almost have to start from scratch. So. So as a homeschool mom, you're never going to know everything, but it's okay. And you don't want to because no, you're lifetime, not supposed to, you don't you're not have supposed to. to, and you don't yeah. have to just like marriage. You can't be the perfect wife from day one and you're not going to be the perfect wife. How long have you been married? 46 years, 46 years. I, I, I bet there's very little you're learning about your husband, but it's a lifelong, <laughs> yes, right? It's a lifelong journey and you pivot when you need to and you learn as you go and you make the best of it and enjoy the moments. Because what else is there in life if you're not enjoying the little moments? I know. All those moments with your children and your husband, everything, it it revolves around two words, love and forgiveness. You got to be working on both all the time. All the time. Well, Claire, thank you so much for this wonderful interview. You are such an incredible human being and I've really enjoyed it. And thank you so much. And if you, if anything changes, if you're going to be homeschooling your grandkids one day, you know, cause, ah. cause, uh, you know, your, <laughs> your, your son just thinks the best of you. Just give us a call. We'd love to interview you again. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, Dawn. You're welcome. Okay, friend, before you go, I want to thank you for listening. And if you found this podcast helpful, I would truly be grateful if you could just take a moment and leave me a five-star review. Your review will help me improve and also reach more listeners who could really benefit from homeschooling. Until next time, happy homeschooling.